When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Hello and welcome to Sports Day. Coming to you live from the Gabba ahead of tonight's BBL clash. And what a clash it is. The undefeated Brisbane Heat taking on well, the champions of cricket. The Perth Scorchers who have been... Well, they showed they were human a couple of nights ago against the Strikers in Adelaide. But uh, over the last couple of seasons, uh, any team from WA when it comes to cricket just wins everything. So hello to our viewer, uh, viewers, our listeners uh, throughout uh, SEN. Uh, 11.70 in Sydney, SENQ 6.93am in Brisbane. SEN Track Stations, Fanatic, SEN App, and all our listeners through SENZ. Live action for you of the Big Bash coming up from 6 o'clock Australian Eastern Time, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Yes, that's correct. And Daylight Savings Time, 7 o'clock tonight. And hello to all our listeners through the Super Radio Network. You've got Sports Day for two hours tonight, which will be me for the first hour, followed by the mulch in the second hour. So no doubt plenty of soccer, soccer, soccer talk. Uh, coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our uh, proud partners, Kia, World Gym Australia, and Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Love you to get involved. Geez, the text machine blew up last night, didn't it? It was crazy. 0457 736 736 is our text number. Uh, if you're in New Zealand, 8833 is your text number. Or you can call us anytime, 1300 01. 1170. Get us on the socials as well. Sports Day SEN. That's where you'll find us on TikTok, Instagram, SENQ, Sports Day, NSW on X, formerly known as Twitter. Michael Kasperwich uh, will be joining me soon uh, in the commentary box. Not just for the call tonight, but uh, we'll have a chat about this game and obviously the big news today by the selectors about Steve Smith being confirmed as opener. We Mentioned that over a week ago here on Sports Day that that was a, a hot tip we were getting. And, um, well, I, d- I don't agree with it, but Green, Cam Green coming in to the batting lineup at number four. Renshaw and Bolan are the reserves. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm, I've got so much I want to unpack on this. And I want to talk to Casper about it, but I can't right now because he's out in the middle of the Gabba talking to Matty Hayden. Now, they're standing around the wicket and they're looking at it. What, what would that discussion, what would that 
conversation be between Matty Hayden and Michael Kaskowitz right now? What do you think it is? How you going, mate? What's going on? Where's your pink hat? All that sort of stuff. Casper's wearing denim jeans. It's like 30 degrees at the Gabba right now, and I'm telling you, humidity's 3,000% with the chafe index sitting around 18, which is very uncomfortable. But he's out there in denim jeans. Anyway, we'll have a chat to him uh, real soon. Uh, former Aussie cricketer, as I say, Casper on the show. Bulldog swinger Jacob Karaz spoke to uh, Rat and Sats uh, last year, and he can't believe he's living the dream playing NRL. He'll be on the show in the second hour. Uh, Daddy Vass, have you got three good burning questions for me tonight, mate? Yeah, I think so. I'll do my best, mate. Yeah. I'm well, that's not the attitude. The attitude should be, yeah, mate, I've got heaps. Mate, don't worry. Don't worry about that. <laughs> hey, if you missed the end of the show last night, Daddy made the confession, uh, listener, uh, on air that he went home and spoke to his misso. And <laughs> oh, his, misso, his misso said, he goes, oh, I've got to get me one of them uh, Broncos memberships. And she goes, just do it. Just do Are it. Are you serious? So have you done it? You've been given the okay by your girlfriend. Have you got your membership today? Uh, not yet. I've still got a couple of couple of weeks to get it sorted. I said I'd get it sorted before January 22. So Who, who to? Who'd you say that to? You and the listener last night. What? what can I just ask a question here? Mm-hmm. Why have you put January 22 on it as the date to get your membership? Because Rat mm-hmm. will just feed me. This, this bloke. Oh, we'll just you don't think Sats is going to give it to you next week? He will. He will. Right. But yeah. a bit of anticipation. Mate, just on the same, <laughs> just on the same kind of uh, topic in going ask for your missus advice, I heard that you had to go run a new uh, barbecue no, 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 that's the not, no, I told her I'm going to buy this. I said, we should get this. No, actually. I'll, pizza I'll, oven, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I said, we should get this pizza oven. A work colleague of ours, Jez, raves about it. It's like 400 and, I don't know, 50 bucks or something. And she goes, it looks ugly. And I wrote back, so do I, but you're still with me. <laughs> so uh, we will get said pizza oven, mate. Don't worry about it. I'm just waiting for all the mosquitoes to leave. Ugh. My back, uh, my back deck, so I can actually get out there and start cooking again. Uh, what else is coming up? So we've got three burning questions, and Brett Phillips, host of the first serve, will join the Mulchinator um, in the second hour tonight. Mulchy loves his soccer, 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 and he loves his tennis as well, Daddy Vass. So they'll have a they'll have a deep nerdy chat about <laughs> tennis tonight. You're going to love it. You'll be you'll be sitting there going, "What are they talking about?" Oh, mate, I, I don't mind a bit of tennis. You do, oh, because your mate. Uh, mate's partner is uh, Kadeki, isn't she? Brother. Oh, brother. Yeah. So, I mean, my mate Daniel is, um, his sister is Olivia Kadeki. So. Okay. Right yeah. Good stuff. Mate, she's going okay. Um, let's talk about the Australian Test team for the first test against the West Indies. Uh, it is happening next Wednesday. Kicks off at the Adelaide Oval. Team is Cummins, Boland, Carey, Green, Hazelwood, Head, Kawaja, Labrishane, Lyon, Marsh, Renshaw, Smith and Stark. Bancroft misses out. That's the big omission. Um, and I'll get to that in just a moment. Green gets recalled after being dropped, but hasn't proven hasn't proven his form. What's he done 
to work his way back into the test team. I'm scratching my head about this. Boland and Renshaw named as reserves. Now, I've been told today Renshaw will play against the Scorchers for the Heat in Perth on Saturday, but because he's in the squad and in the 13, he will miss out on the Heat finals, which is a bit of a, a disadvantage to the Brisbane Heat when the finals kick off uh, next Friday night in the Big Bash. Um, let me just, before we play some audio from George Bailey, I, I just want to, I think Cameron Bancroft has been harshly done by. I think I think it, sh it should have been Renshaw or Bancroft batting at four or Bancroft open. I don't. I'd, I have no issue with um, Smudge, Smithy opening the batting. I've got no issue with that. But Bancroft or Renshaw should be in that side, in that 11. How did Green get back in again? And, and my other question to you is, do you feel comfortable that we got two all-rounders in the top six? Like, what if all of a sudden we're two for? Two for bugger all. Are you confident Green can bat through and get us out of that? Hey, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I, I'm more confident if Smith's walking to the wicket at two for, two for nothing. And I know Smith will dig away and dig away and dig away and eventually get some runs. But I don't have that same confidence in Cam Green. And then, of course, you've got your, your aggressive player in Travis Head coming at five. His job is not to stick around forever. His job is to accumulate runs really quickly. Bancroft has led the Shield in both runs and hundreds across the last two seasons. Let me ask you this question tonight. Was he unlucky to miss out? Is Renshaw unlucky to miss out? Because... I, I don't know. I, I don't understand this fatuation in getting Cam Green back into the Australian cricket team. I just don't get it. George Bailey confirmed today who will replace Vaughan, as we know, right now at the top of the order. This is what he had to say. Uh, I guess given it's a little unusual that we've actually announced the the eleven as we're announcing the squad. Um, so chatting with with Ron and Pat this morning, they've uh, given the all clear for me to um, yeah let you know that. Um, they've decided that Steve Smith will be opening the batting and Cameron Green will come into the number four position, which is fantastic. Yeah. What are your thoughts? 0457 736 736. I want to chat to Michael Kasperwitz about this more in detail very shortly and, and, and get his thoughts. Um, and I haven't, I haven't really had a chance to talk to Casper about this at all. He's been too busy hamming up with uh, Michael ha uh, Matthew Hayden. Outs in the middle here at the Gabba ahead of the uh, the big bash tonight. Um, Bailey did say George Bailey, head of selectors, did say and did deny that Bancroft has not been blacklisted. C categorically, no. <clears throat> and I've shared this with Cameron on a on a number of occasions. Um, it has never at any stage been discussed as a from the panel's perspective uh purely a cricketing decision there is not a member of the team that would have uh, an issue with with cam playing we we certainly don't have an issue with it we've all moved well past that and you know all i can do is is reiterate to you and and, and to cam um that that's that's not the case um never has been and never will be okay so there's george bailey uh confirming that he hasn't been blacklisted uh, from the Australian cricket team today. I found it interesting, though, that he mentioned the players uh, don't have any issues first before he as a selector spoke about his form or anything like that. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll just repeat what I said before. 
Bancroft has led the Shield in both runs and hundreds across the last two seasons. Was he unlucky to miss out today? Cam Green was dropped because of form and hasn't Mitch Marsh, with both hands, made the most of his opportunity? How has Cam Green worked his way back into the side? These are questions, many questions, I have for the great man, Michael Kasperwitz, very shortly. He's going to answer them all for us. And then after that, we're going to drop it. Hey, Woogie, told you the half-wits are running cricket. They have a New South Wales League origin mentality. Rabbit burrow. Jeez, they're brutal, aren't they? Uh, Bancroft has a permanent mark through his name. That is from 307. Uh, Woogie, can you confirm Daddy Vass that NRL club, or can you inform Daddy Vass that NRL club memberships have been on sale since the start of November last year? What's the hold-up? Stop procrastinating and do it, champ. Lift. That's Daniel from Prairiewood. He's going to do it before January 2. He's got the okay from the MISO now. Daniel from Prairiewood. Hey, Daddy. Daddy, what Broncos membership are you going to buy, by the way? I think I'm leaning towards the uh, four-gamer. The four... Four game membership? Yeah. You live an hour from Suncorp. Four games is a good commitment for the year. No, it's not. It's a week commitment. Mate, how many South games did you go to last year? I, I didn't go to any, but guess what? I'm still a full member. Yeah, well, that's. I'm going to go to four more games than you would have. That's but great. No, 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 no. I'm giving my club, who is interstate, I'm giving them more money than what you are with four lousy games. And then, and then you're complaining the about same, the cost. I think it's the same amount. Anyway. No, it's not. Yeah, I don't look. No, what, a whole mem- year's membership is the same price as a full game? Yeah, it's Where, ridiculous. Where's Oprah? It is. Where's Oprah? Here she is. What? <laughs> Mate, have a look at yourself. Have a look at yourself. That's the other thing I want to mention before I go to the break, too. Plenty of Shield-dominant players have missed out over the years, unfortunately. Siddons and Cox, et cetera. 307, good point. I mean, Jamie Cox had a, uh, what was it? Was it the AB? What was the Australian cricket board? Had an ACB contract for many a year as a backup to Mark Taylor and wasn't called on to, to get into the Australian team. But one of the questions I'm going to put to Casper to in a moment is, uh, are we wasting our time with Shield Cricket now? Do we actually need to play it? If, if, if that's not where we're going to pick our dominant players from anymore, why are we bothering with Shield Cricket? What's the point? What a waste of money. Should we just play ODIs and T20 matches domestically? And when you're not playing those, you go back to club cricket and you play for your local club. What's the point in doing well in shield cricket and then not being given any thought or even looked at for selection? We'll talk to Casper. He knows a lot more about this than what I do. I'm sure he's got some very interesting views on it. We're going to take a break. This is Sports Day. When we come back, the great Michael Casper, which joins me at here in the booth. Was I having a stroke then, Casper? In the commentary box. Thank you. That's, that's the word out together. We'll do that next. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. How appropriate. 
We are broadcasting. This is Sports Day Live from the Vulture Street end of the Gabba and the greatest rock band from Vulture Street. Had the studio Vulture Street, didn't they, Casper? They did. I think um, Bernard in particular is a, a massive cricket fan. Yep. Uh, his parents are actually members. Yeah, right. Uh, he used to come to Sheffield Shield games all the time. Oh, Sheffield Shield. Remember when you got some runs in that and it used to count towards Australian selection? Remember those days? <laughs> Well, you got some wickets. Uh, welcome back to Sports Day. What? Uh, Michael, Michael Kasperowicz joining me in the commentary box of here as we have a look at a couple of things. Uh, obviously, the Big Bash and also uh, Test Team Selection. We're doing it for twoies. I feel like a twoies or two. Two, drink responsibly. First of all, give us your thoughts on the Test Squad. Oh, look, I think they've actually gone with um, what they know. Um, obviously, Steve Smith... Uh, moving up the order and um, being the best batsman in that team, and he's shown that for many years. Uh, with all his experience expressing that he was really keen for the challenge, I think you're sort of you're, you're really fortunate that he can actually want to do that. Um, there was a comment I think um, Andrew McDonald made around we're going to select our best, the best six batsmen for the lineup. So um, obviously. There's, uh, there's a lot of conjecture, and I know even with playing this Perth Scorchers tonight, I know from uh, a Western Australian theme, they're uh, a little bit grumpy at the moment, um, even though Cameron Bancroft plays for the Thunder. Yeah. But however, I just looked at that team, and even the lead-up to it, and I thought, don't be too disappointed with what they do here. And the reason being is that, um, oh, look, they've, they've managed to, if you like, create opening batsmen out of middle-order batsmen um, for many years now. So whilst in the old days, I know Matthew Hayden, three seasons scoring a thousand runs, he's a specialist, at, you know, opening batsman, three thousand runs in Shield cricket before they even got a look in. He had to dominate that first. We've seen that change, haven't we? Where we had middle order batsmen starting with, um, oh look, even like a, a Justin Langer, even um, Justin Langer was middle order. Then all of a sudden he became an opening batsman. Assignment. So, well, finishing with Usman right yeah, now. Yeah. I was going to say Simon Kadich in there as well. Shane Watson. Yep. Um, so it's it's something they've done a lot of, which is sort of at the time with that Cameron Green talk of him even coming up and being the opening batsman. You could sort of see why they might try that. Um, however, it's so much better for the young, new guy coming into the team, and although he has played a few tests, he's been around the side, if they slot into that number six position or sort of in that middle order, it's so much easier. Remember years ago, a few years ago now, when Michael Clark was in the side, mm. I think he liked to bat four, five. Yep. You want your best batsman batting three, taking the heat. But we were picking fresh batsmen coming into the side, but having to open the innings back then. And even that putting that pressure on them, you know, right at the top. So, so does that mean Green's a future opener? Potentially, yeah. Because I, I would see Renshaw or Bancroft as a future opener. So do I. And I think, I think Renshaw, <coughs> like if you're not going to pick Bancroft, for whatever reason, there's so many conspiracy theories out there from the bowlers <laughs> don't want him in the side. I mean, they're all out there, right? And and I don't know whether any of it's true. We don't no. know, right? But but I doubt it's the case. But, um, but anyway, the, and, and whether he's blacklisted because of what happened in Cape Town, yes, he did play a test in 2019. So that's possibly not true either. Yeah, I don't think that's true either. But with the future in mind, though, Casper, why wouldn't you look at a Renshaw or a Bancroft, put them at number four? I, I don't think I don't have an issue with with Smudge opening the batting, Steve Smith opening the batting at all. Good on him, but I'm concerned at two for none and Green walking out into the centre 
Again, it's not going to happen against the West Indies and possibly not against New Zealand. All due respect to our Kiwi listeners right now, but it could possibly be happening against India next summer. Look, I, I, yeah. I don't like mm. the idea of two all-rounders in the top six. Um, I should point out that um, both Mitchell Marsh and also Cameron Green are two of the best batsmen in domestic cricket. In Shield cricket, they dominate. Their record is outstanding. And so that's coming back to that comment that was in uh, that um, McDonald made, Macca made, was simply that um, they, they see them as the best batsmen. Um, I have no doubt that Cameron Bancroft will play Test cricket for Australia again. He will definitely come back in this side. Well, he's not going to be around forever, is he? No, I think that's the automatic sort of spot there. You'd think, yes, absolutely. But I think the other thing think, is that with the age of you know Smith and everyone else around the, in that top order, um, yeah, you, you're going to need. And that's the opportunity for players playing shield cricket. And granted, we're doing Big Bash right now, but to finish the season and absolutely dominate it. If they're coming out and and becoming – and just just – Make it easy for the selectors. Go out there, and if you're scoring hundreds every game and dominating, mm. it's easy. Okay. W- what's the plan with Renshaw, do you think? Is it to weaken the Heat team over the finals? <laughs> or jokes aside? That's another conspiracy theory. But what's the plan for him? What, 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 what's in it for Renshaw being picked in the 13? Well, maybe they just love the, the fact that he's coming back into the team, but coming into the environment, into the, you know, with the warm-ups of the team. Just being around the side is sort of, you know, a lot of the selections that they've done like that in the previously is, you know, bringing players or a young player in just to sort of see how it works. See, not so much if you fit, but just to sort of understand how it works. So they're longer, that to me is a longer term plan they have for Matt Renshaw. By bringing him into the side at this particular moment in time, granted he won't play this test match uh, in Adelaide. Um, if there's an injury or if there's something that's not quite right at the top, He's ready to go as far as opening the batting. Yeah. But I just think that that's, that's the reason why, I think, deep down, that they love to you know, just introduce the younger players into it. And I think that's where we find now in that uh, T20 – sorry, in the one-day internationals and the T20s that we've actually got with uh, Australia versus the West Indies, there's going to be five. I think five players where they're actually adding them. Um, yeah. So Lance Mar- uh, Lance. Morris yep. as well with the pace. We'll get to s- we'll see him this evening. Jai Richardson, Aaron Hardy, Matt Short, and Nathan Ellis. So even that coming into the Australian one-day team and T20 setup is an opportunity just to see how they work um, from a coaching point of view and, and see if they if they gel if they fit. Yeah, really, really happy for Matt Short. He's been <laughs> yeah. in some ripping form, hasn't he? Oh yeah, and outstanding. Watch, watching him last night, like he just makes it look so easy. Well, that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want yeah. your players, and that's why the big bash right smack in the middle of the season is not I, it's great for the crowds and the interest in the game it's fantastic but it's not great for Australian cricket test team selection because yeah. there's no you play your four or five games before um, Christmas in Shield cricket and then you finish the season after um, so it, that's where it's simply about just dominating whatever you have whatever stage you're provided with yep Go there and blitz it. I would say Bancroft's been pretty handy though too in the big bash. Oh yeah, surprisingly. So, but oh, I don't reckon re- that's surprising. I reckon no? no, I don't reckon. I think um, as a senior player, um, the way he's been playing, first certainly for the Scorchers for a couple of years, and then for the Thunder to say, you know, just come over us, which would have been a hard decision for him. Okay. Are you happy? Are you happy with Smith opening? Yes. <laughs> like there was a bit of a pause there. <laughs> Well, I've just, 
Oh, look, you'd love an all-new face all the time, but I think if it was... I think Steve Smith, yes. No, yes, definitely yes, and the reason why. He is going to leave the game as one of... Um, unlike um, John Buchanan's comments about David Warner, he is going to actually leave the game a great. Steve Smith's um, average performance, what he's actually done. And it's almost like that's going to be the exciting journey right now, watching Steve Smith you know, become an opening batsman. Um, and I know there's stats around the fact the average is over 100 when he's batting, you know, yeah. in the first few overs and yeah, all the rest yeah, of that. But after I just, the first two I overs. think that's the yeah. part that it's going to be a really treat for all of us as cricket lovers, yeah. watching Steve Smith um, adapt to that position. But uh, I like to think he'll dominate, dominate it like he has done with everything else. Okay. Uh, very quickly, tonight's game. What a ripper this is. Undefeated Heat taking on the Scorchers. They are human. They lost to the Strikers, the Scorchers. But... Test stars back tonight. Uh, no doubt Josh Brown will be dropped, but I'm also hearing that McSweeney might have to make way for, for Marnus Labastrand. That would be unlucky. Oh, it would be. and But that's what the game's about. You've got your stars coming back, your test players, um, and, you, look, you have to play them. You just, uh, I think, in amongst all of the mix of the team, and I think even the first game when both Marnus and, um, and Uzi... Yeah were available, um, yeah, Josh Brown didn't play that first game. And it just for the mix of the team, um, they won the game easily against the Stars. They blip, they actually hammered them. But I think that's, oh, look, it's important to get those players back in. Um, I think, I know, I know that um, Nathan McSweeney is going to learn so much from having them in the dressing room around as well. Um, and even just not just in the dressing room, but watching what they do in the middle. I think mm. that's the that's treat of having your senior players coming back and exposed to domestic cricket. Mm. Rightio, good thoughts. Who wins tonight's game? Oh, I think the Heat. Um, they got up over the line in a nice tight one against um, the Hurricanes um, a couple of days ago when we were yep. here. Last ball. Yep. Last ball. That was extraordinary, that. But they've sort of had that season where they've had... Well, they've won... Well, out of the eight games, I think they've won six... Had two washouts mm. and a couple of those tight Duckworth Lewis finishes they got over the line, so it's all rolling their way. Mm. I realise not that this is going to be the loss they had to have or anything like that, but I just love the makeup of the side. I think um, when I say that with the the batsmen uh, and the lineup there has been awesome, but even more so is other bowlers. Yeah, I've just absolutely loved um, the three fast bowlers uh, in Michael and Nisa. Spencer Johnson, but Xavier Bartlett for mine has been um, absolutely brilliant. Mm. But then you throw in um, a Mitch Swepson and also Matthew Kuhneman yep. as a spin options there. They have been so good, so good. Uh, Matthew Kuhneman, um, I think he's only gone for four boundaries. Yeah, right. I think um, in the tournament. Like his, his, the way he's bowling, um, and maybe that was part of that you know, experience of playing for Australia over in India, making his debut in Delhi. And Queen's Cricket Last Club on year. the Gold Coast. And Queen's Cricket Club on the Gold Coast, Don't of course, that, too. Jeez, you forget. Um, I'm sure you remind me again. <laughs> However, the but I just think I love that mix. But what we've also found, and even caught up with Andy Bickle out in the middle when I um, utilised my field, ac field of play um, access. I saw you my lanyard. I saw you yes. hugging and kissing people. Well, <laughs> had to just get out there to the boys and say good day. But, um, but even Bick said, um, he, Bick was telling me about um, how awesome um, Matty Kuhneman's been. Yeah. Um, and just, it's been so great because the pressure they put on mm. uh, in those, in those, you know, after your power plays, when your field does go back. So I think 
that's what I'm really looking forward to. But having on the, the flip side of that, I'm really looking forward to the West Australian fast bowlers oh, too. Oh yes, yeah, it's going to be a great match. We'll um, we'll preview it, preview it in full from six o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time, seven o'clock uh, for our Southern states. I don't know what time that is in Western Australia. Uh, or New Zealand. I'm shot then. Where, ha, what's I think it's two hours, isn't it? Two hours behind it, the Western Australia. It is, uh, behind Queensland. Yeah. And then New Zealand's three hours ahead. Yes, of Queensland. Where's, where, does South, oh, yes. where does South Australia fit in this? Half an hour ahead. Right. And the Northern Territory, of course. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's all happening <laughs> later. It is the Big Bash, uh, live from the Gabba. Casper, thank you very much for your time. Big cricketing news day it is. Uh, that's our cricket update brought to you by Tui's. I feel like a Tui's or two. Drink responsibly when we come back. Three burning questions. Actually, there's one in here I want you to answer on right behalf here. of me, right? While I go to the bathroom. <laughs> right, okay. right, sports day. Back in a moment, live from the Gabba. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state of the art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Boys oh, are there many better Aussie classics than this? Aussie crawl, boys light up. Welcome back to Sports Day. Three burning questions, toolkit, depot, everything you need to get back to work. Uh, Jason Matthews, Michael Kastowitz, uh, we're at the Gabba ahead of this massive big bash game uh, tonight, the undefeated Heat versus the Scorchers. Crowd expectation, 30,000. Temperature, 27, but I kid you not, the Bureau says it feels like 30. <laughs> can you believe that, Casper? I can. It's been a hot day today in Brisbane. Oh, no, but th I, I just, just call it 30. If it feels Just like 30, up. it is 30. Round up, you reckon? If it feels yeah. like something, yeah. it must be that, right? Must be. Because we're all about feels nowadays. Hey, listen, the other thing is, Steve has just told us, our tech, who keeps us on the air, he reckons there's another time zone. Central Northern. I think, I think he called it. Yeah. Western. Cent I think he was Central drinking, Western? drinking before he came to work. No one today. actually lives there. The toolkit. So. <laughs> so no one's got a, Come no on, one's that's got a, ridiculous. No one's got a yeah. clock. <laughs> There's just one camel all by itself out there and nothing else. A couple of tumbleweeds. <laughs> that's right. I think that tumbleweed's going to come through about midday. Oh, oh, no. Or is that quarter to 12 or quarter past 12? I can't work it out in this town. Hey, um, we're going to bring in Alex Molchanoff, who's in our Sydney studio. He's going to take over from me in just a moment. Mulchi, how are you? Very well, Jace. Casper, very excited to be on the airwaves with you and Daddy Bass as well. It's going to be an exciting hour and a half or so. Well, we're a little bit under that, aren't we? And we're not too far away from the start of the BBL tonight. Very exciting. Now, Mulchi loves his soccer, Casper. So he's going to be talking about soccer, 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 soccer. Yep. All right. And he'll even well, go... Is that football or no, soccer? No, soccer. Not Australia. Oh, okay. Is it called the football ruse or the soccer ruse? Good point. Thank Great you. Great point. That's why I'm the smartest man in this room right now. <laughs> Uh, now, listen, three burning questions. Um, Daddy, do you want to ask this one to Casper? Because I think he's in the best position to answer <laughs> this one. Yeah, can do. Um, now, do we think Cam Green will still be in Australia's starting 11 after the next summer? So, uh, after the Indian summer? Yes. Good question. 
Oh, I'm not a Nostradamus by any means, but I think yes, but he should be, yes. Okay. There you go. What are you looking at me for? I'm just looking for reaction, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> but I, I no, no, he won't be opening the innings. You happy with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, let me ask you, can, I, can we do four burning questions, Daddy, with this? <laughs> yeah. When do you think Uzi will hang up the, the gloves, the bat? Do you reckon he'll go I through to the next Ashes series in Australia, or do you think he'll finish after the Indian tour? Well, he could even do it at the end of, um, after the West Indies. I, I, do you know something we don't no, know? No, I, I don't, but I just, I, I sort of way that Usman sort of operates, I guess he can... He's sort of not on a on a dime, but he'll he could actually he, he's not going to be um, he'll surprise people. Put it that way. Okay. Do you think the Australian selectors might know when he's going to retire, having Renshaw in the thirteen? Well, maybe there's something there's a you know line those two things up dots up. Maybe that's a <laughs> the way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. We don't know basically. Well, that's, that's a rumor. Could start, I suppose. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. That's the new rumour. Hey, um, are we going to go to the, a caller? Is it Daddy, are we going to do that right now? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we've got our, get our favourite caller on the line. Yeah. Well, I can't stand this caller, but but you might like him, Casper. <laughs> His name's Glenn from Newcastle. Glenn, hello. Not Glenn McGrath. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no. Hello, Casper. How are you, buddy? Hey, Glenn. I'm I, really I knew, well. you, I knew you? you wanted me to get on before you finished up, mate. <laughs> this is called Waratah West Wacky Wednesday. Right. And whilst I can't wait to enjoy the Paris Olympics later this year, what? Channel 9's Carl Stefanovic wears the Kathy Freeman imitation jumpsuit, I will throw our new remote, which has been provided by my neighbour, manager. All right, Daddy, I've had enough. We've tried to teach him. Just get straight to the point. Mm. He thinks he's the number one TV critic in Australia. We, we tried the same thing with Matthew Hayden in the dressing room. Um, well, obviously, he's gone on to bigger and better things now, being a commentator yeah. around the world. Yeah, and yeah. Mate, more so in India. He does a lot of big commentating in India, and I think it sort of suits it because um, yeah, they can't understand him either. <laughs> <laughs> What's the second question and three burning questions? Uh, it's a league one, boys. Now, yeah. uh, Flegler, Thomas Flegler, signed with the Dolphins, mm. he came out yesterday and said this about... He came uh, out... No. Oh. He was in a press conference. He said this oh. about the Supercoach. Right. His resume sort of speaks for itself. He's uh, probably the greatest coach in the game. And, um, you know, to be able to come here and get a year under him and, and learn off him for a year was, um, yeah, it would just be outstanding for me. And um, hopefully I can learn a few things off him and, um, you know, take them into the coming years. What's been some of the, me the message he gave you when he recruited you? Is there anything that stands out to you, like when you spoke to him, about, you know, what he wanted from you and what, what appealed to you? Um, not really. Wayne, he's, he's pretty blunt. He just said, Tom, we want you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. Um, so what's the question? Question, do you think he's made the right decision uh, where he's at in his career? Now, just left the Broncos. They made the grand final. He'll only be under Wayne for a year. Has he made the right choice? Absolutely. Yeah. Any time that you get under Wayne Bennett, it, I can't see a negative in that, can you, Caster? No, I reckon um, life is, a, is about opportunity. And if Wayne Bennett um, actually says, I want you, um, you're going to learn. There's just listening to a lot of the blokes um, that have played and getting to know Lucky Gordon Talises and everyone else up here in, in Brisbane, um, the way they talk about um, Wayne Bennett and the impact he, he had on them 
during their playing days, but more so, I think it's after. It's the life lessons that they're taking away from the game. Yep. I think that's uh, the value that um, that Wayne provides, and I th can see absolutely why. I can see why. Um, yeah, he's actually decided to do it. One of the great man managers, isn't he? he yeah, actually that's right, does. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, nah, he's made the right decision. Plus, he lost. He, he left the Broncos, Daddy. Alex, so you're, on, you're on the same answer. Oh, abs absolutely. Um, I'm buying. I'm loading up on Dolphin stock at the moment. <laughs> if they, if they are. On the stock market, I am buying, buying, buying. They are uh, the team I can see the most growth in, probably from outside the top eight last season. In terms of the, the strike they have in their back line, you add Flegler to give them a little bit more thrust up front because the Bromwiches have been great servants, Felice Kafusi, but they're all getting a little bit longer than two. I think the yeah. way the Dolphins are going about building this roster, uh, I, I can't get enough of them. I, I love them. That was very nice, Mulchie. Yeah. Yes. I think we're all with you. All right, we've got to go. What's the last question? Uh, I'll make it a... Oh, we've done... We'll leave it at that, eh? Leave it at that. Oh, well, we've done three, haven't we? Yeah. yeah I the, asked the Aussie one. The last I one's on um, Tim Zhu. He's, he's been a part of this new Premier Boxing Championship. It's going... Being aired on Amazon. Yep. Now, his first fight, it'll actually he'll actually miss out on the uh, the NRL launch in Vegas. And I just thought, is it a missed opportunity for Tim Zoo and the NRL boys? Oh, it's a missed, missed opportunity for NRL fans who are mm. going to Vegas. That's it. Like, Tim Zoo's big time. Oh, and, yeah. and when he this fight against Ortiz happens in Australia, as they were tweeting about on the weekend, when Tim Zoo knocks him out, He's going to be a massive household name in the United States. I just think the only people missing out from this, Daddy, are NRL fans who are hoping Tim Zoo was fighting the same weekend in Vegas that the rugby league was on. So, well, he's been nah. pictured with uh, with pretty much every NRL jersey, Tim Zoo. Yeah, Sharky. except for a Bronco. He hasn't wore a Broncos one yet, has he? He's nah. actually a South Sydney supporter. Is he? Isn't that right, Mulchy? Mm. Yes, no, that is correct. That is correct. So he's a South, South Sydney man. supporter. He's absolutely. So he's just been, there we go. Yeah. Glory, glory to uh, South Sydney. I knew you'd All find right. a way to wiggle them in there, will you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to go. Toolkit Depot, everything you need to get back to work. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. In-store and online. Stacks of text uh, messages coming through. Um... We're going to go. Um, we're going to leave you in the capable hands of the mulch to talk about soccer, soccer, soccer. And you've got Brett Phillips <laughs> coming true. up. Yes, very excited to have that that chat with BP. We've got a little bit of signing news as well, Woogie. So off you go. Oh, nice. Off and, you go. And, and Mulchy, Mulchy is a tennis nerd as well. So him and BP, Brett Phillips, who's the best in the bit, they'll go so deep, you won't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> they'll be we're talking about the, the Simpson... Cincinnati Masters and all those sorts of great tournaments. Whoa, so. whoa, 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 <laughs> yeah. whoa. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> it's all yours, Mulchie. We'll see Stay you. Stay tuned. Um, make sure you listen to SEN for the Big Bash tonight, the Heat versus the Scorchers. It is going to be a ripper. It is. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9. A groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day.
0457 736 736 to get involved with the show tonight. Double eight double three if you're listening in New Zealand. Alex Molchanoff with you for the remainder of the program as Jason Matthews and Michael Kasprovitz go over to call the BBL, the Brisbane Heat, in action tonight. They're one of the star attractions of this year's BBL. A couple of texts to get to. We'll do that in a moment because we've got some breaking rugby league news that we haven't talked too much about so far tonight. The Canberra Raiders have signed Zach Hosking. Zach Hosking, I'll get it out eventually. The Penrith Panthers granting him an immediate release today. The three-year deal taking effect immediately. He'll join Ricky Stewart's side for the rest of the preseason after making 21 appearances for the Panthers in their premiership winning side last year. Debuted for the Broncos back in 2022. A piece of the puzzle for Ricky Stewart that may have been missing beforehand. Love your thoughts on that tonight. 0457 736 736. Uh, just a little bite from the West Tigers, whose clean-out has continued today. Their recruitment boss, Scott Fulton, retrenched. Apparently, some rumours that he and Benji Marshall weren't seen eye-to-eye. The old regime of uh, Lee Hadjipantelis and Justin Pascoe brought him in without consulting Marshall and Tim Sheens, who was there at the time. His tenure was a short one. So, interested to get... Any of your thoughts on the Rugby League stories doing the rounds tonight as well, 0457 736 736. But the talk has all been about the test team for the West Indies test, which starts next Wednesday. And we've got some of your reaction to that. Cameron Green has been brought into the side to bat four. Steve Smith moving up to opener. That was all confirmed by head selector George Bailey this afternoon. How many... Sheffield Shield runs did Dave Warner score before becoming a test opener? The answer is zero, Stacco. And to say his point goes on, forget Bancroft. His services aren't needed. Um, contrasting that, Pero asks, good afternoon, Woogie. Not here anymore, but I'll take the question, Pero. Steve Smith fails as an opener. This is the hypothetical. Does that mean he gets the squeeze out of the team or does he get a cushy ride back to the number four spot? That's a fantastic question, Pero. Hopefully one we won't have to answer, though. I'm backing Steve Smith to go big in that opener's role. Former teammate um, coming out today and saying that he reckons Dave Warner will be able to <laughs> equal Brian Lara's test record of 400. He's the only test batsman ever to reach that mark. And there's a couple saying that he's going to go big in that role as well. Cameron Green into his preferred spot in the batting lineup at four. And this texter, 307, put your names on them so we can read them out. Bancroft has a permanent mark through his name. George Bailey denied that today. But it's certainly a, a school of thought that's going around, particularly around cricket, uh, cricket fans who have observed what's happened over the, the Sandpaper Saga. It's five years ago now, 2018, all the way back in Cape Town. David Warner, the first of that group to retire from Test Cricket. I have little doubt that Cameron Bancroft will come back into the team at some stage. Probably after the retirement of Usman Khawaja, which, as Casper and Woogie talked about earlier in the hour, is coming in the next year or two. So Bancroft's just got to keep plugging away, making runs, and I think he'll be okay. Now, we're on the SEN app tonight until 8 o'clock with Sports Day, so you can find us there. You're about to go over to the BBL if you're staying on the usual stations, SENQ up in Queensland and SEN 1170. So stay tuned for Jason Matthews and Michael Kasprovitz from the Gabba. In the second hour, we've got Brett Phillips, as well as a chat from earlier in the year with Jacob Karaz talking to Sats and the Rat.
But we'll be back after this break and after the news. Stay with us on the app if you want to keep listening to Sports Day. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to the second hour of Sports Day. Alex Molchanoff in the chair for the second hour tonight. Sent me a text, 0457. 736 736 if you're in New Zealand double eight double three or you can give me a call one three hundred oh one eleven seventy Epic has arrived the all electric Kia EV9 World Gym Australia improving lives through fitness and nutrient ag solutions going further for Australian farmers uh, our proud sponsors tonight thank you for their support as always so the big talking point this evening has been the Australian Test Squad for the first test against the West Indies the eleven has been named by George Bailey and Captain Pat Cummins. They've gone like this, opening the batting. Stephen Smith with Usman Kawaja ahead of Manus Labashain in number three. Cam Green is into the side, batting four. Then Travis Head and Mitch Marsh, the wicketkeeper, Alex Carey, who had a good night with the gloves and the bat last night for the Adelaide Strikers in their win over the Hobart Hurricanes down south. And then the bowling attack is as... You were Pat Cummins batting eight, then Mitch Stark, Josh Hazelwood, and Nathan Lyon, Lyon competing, completing that lineup to play in Adelaide next week. So, would love your thoughts on that. Canberra Bancroft is probably the unlucky man to miss out. Um, Bolin and Renshaw named as the backups. Renshaw looks to be the next in line at some stage, whether that's opening the batting or in the middle order after the next of the imminent retirements of the Australian top order. Uh, whether Bancroft gets another look in is, well, up to his shield form, up to what he can bring to the table. Be very interested to see what happens there. Coming up this hour, we're going to have a chat to Brett Phillips, our resident tennis expert on SEN, who's going to give us a wrap-up of everything happening in the Australian Open qualifiers. I've got Alex Dimonor and Carlos Alcaraz up in front of me in the studio playing the first of the opening week celebration matches, a three-set match at Rod Laver Arena. They're going at it. Had some nice rallies already on serve at two-all in the first set with Simonall leading 40-30 on his serve. Uh, we've got another Aussie about to get underway in Adelaide as well. Lorenzo Massetti is his opponent for Jordan Thompson, who's had a good start to his summer. Looks to be coming in fit and firing. Darius Saville is also on court at the moment at the Hobart International against the former major winner, Sophia Cannon. So we'll get BP's thoughts and updates on all of those matches as they go on tonight. We're also going to hear from Jacob Kiraz, one of the interviews done a little bit earlier this year with Scott Sattler and Matt Rogers. Um, very exciting to hear him talking so passionately about his club, the Bulldogs, his idol growing up as well, um, and who he loves watching today. So you can stay tuned for that. Um, a little bit later this hour. Let's go to the text before we get to BP and all that tennis action. Rooster Muzz, thank you for this one. G'day, Mulchie. Hope you're well, mate. You too. 
uh, Rezak Hosking. Did you know he won the Knights Under-20s Player of the Year in 2016? And then they told him they didn't want him. Decisions like this is why the Knights have been less than ordinary in the last 10-plus years, with the exception of last year. Thanks, Rooster Muzz. Yeah, and they looked for a, a little while there what, like they were going to lose Caelan Ponger as well. So you can imagine the backlash some of the supporters up there would have had had that happen. Bradman Best is finding form as well. Heard from um, Jaden Braley that there was um, some word that Bradman is training the house down. One of the great cliches in rugby league pre-season. Heard him this afternoon on the run home with Andrew Barnett and Steve Philby. He was speaking glowingly about Bradman Best, and he's another one. Braley, who, if he can find some form, Newcastle are poised for big things again in 2024. But I tend to agree with you, Rooster Muzz. Some of their retention and recruitment over the past decade has been less than ideal. Now, guys, the Dragons versus Tigers trial at Mudgee Feb 24 is $28 a ticket just for general admission. That's a bit steep for a pre-season game, says Philip Bathurst. Have to agree with that? Um, you'll be hard-pressed to find a ticket for $28 during the first week of the Australian Open, although you might have been able to get in there tonight at RLA for a, around that price for this big matchup between Alex Dimonor and Carlos Alcaraz, which is on court at the moment. So it's a good time to bring in our resident tennis expert at SEN, Brett Phillips. You'll hear him across the first serve after the Australian Open. You're hearing him every day across the Nine Network hosting the tennis at the moment. We're lucky enough to have him on the line. How are you, BP? Alex, nice to speak to you. Yeah, I've actually just come down to Melbourne Park uh, to um, just have a bit of a look around. Uh, Alex and Carlitos are playing uh, yeah, inside RLA. I'm just wandering around the back courts at the moment, just sort of taking in the precinct, because every year you come here, it certainly changes. And it's amazing now. The slams have become three-week events. Mm. I mean, it's $10 to get in all week here. I think the charity matches, they're playing, you know, an extra 10 bucks, And um, there's so many people here. It's phenomenal. It's like the tournament has actually already started and we're not even <laughs> in the main draw come uh, Sunday. But, yeah, it's you sort of pinch yourself that, you know, you sort of live in the city that has one of these four grand slams and it's right in our backyard. Exactly right. I'm lucky enough to be down there next week, just going as a fan. So very much looking forward to all of that and hoping Alex and a couple more of the Aussies can make a deep run. So what have you seen today in qualifying? We've had a couple of impressive results. Chris O'Connell, uh, a winner over the Russian, Alexander Shevchenko. We've had John Millman go through. What are the, the key takeaways from uh, the first d full day of Australian Open qualifying? Because we've had a bit of rain around as well, haven't we? Yeah, we had rain, which uh, meant we started yesterday. But, yeah, quite a few Aussies uh, through today. And I suppose Millman is the pick of those because mm. there's, you know, obviously a lot of sentiment around John, um, you know, trying to qualify to play his last Australian Open. So he hasn't been handed a wild card. He's got to go and earn it. And that body, um, I can tell you, the back is, you know, it's not what, what it used to be. He's hanging by a thread a little bit. But, yeah, he was surprised how many people there were courtside to watch him uh, today. So, yeah, great result. Uh, for Millman and yeah, a few of our youngsters uh, getting through. A young kid from SA, uh, Eddie Winter, and mm. uh, Madison Inglis had a, a really, really good win. Um, yeah, and uh, Tristan Schoolcat is a really good kid from uh, WA. He's had a, a good win in qualies as well. Uh, so that's here at Melbourne Park. But yeah, in Adelaide, uh, Chris O'Connell uh, through to the quarters, which was a good result. And yeah, Jordan Thompson's on court shortly up against the uh, fourth seed, Lorenzo Bussetti, the Italian. So, Tomo's been in great form, making that semi in Brisbane and beating Nadal. Uh, that, you know, he's looking for a career best ranking uh, this year. And, 
if he can beat Miss Seti tonight, he's a long way to achieving that. And then Darius Seville will be in Hobart <clears throat> uh, tonight. She, in fact, is just on court now against Sophia Kennan. And Dasha hoping for a, a really good week. So, yeah, the lead-up events are, are really important for the players. And uh, I'm just at a couple of practice courts here to see who's uh, out and about. A few of the players like to um, tuck away at the back here. In fact, I think it's the, uh, the young boy from China who's got a wild card. He's an absolute gun. Jeremy mm-hmm. Sheng, his name is. So watch out for him. He's a, a young rising prospect. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of great tests uh, going on right around the country. Kuyong Classic uh, yes. was on uh, today. So we've got our first look at Yannick Sinner, uh, who's a, you know, a title contender now, the world number four, Alex. And he's got the super coach, the Aussie, Darren Cale, looking after him. He's taken three players to the world number one ranking. Uh, mm-hmm. So if he can take a fourth... I'm not sure where that puts him in terms of coaching greats, but, uh, yeah, Yannick looked uh, yeah, pretty good today. The other match that caught my eye down there, today, BP, a terrific precinct as well, that Kuyong, it's uh, real good. It's got that old-school vibe about it with the, the wooden benches around the edge of the court and all that. But uh, Sir Andy Murray was looking a little bit worse for wear in his matchup against Marin <laughs> Cilic. Um, can we... Can we yeah. expect anything from Andy? We remember that great battle he had with Thanasi last year and was barely walking around the court and then seemed to muster all his energy to put in his big effort in points. Is that sustainable? Are we expecting him to make any sort of run uh, next week? Look, not really. I mean, he'd be envious of, uh, you know, Djokovic, who's the same age, but, mm. you know, clearly is going to play longer and is in, you know, better physical mick. We know that Andy uh, is incredibly still playing. Now we gave him a farewell here, you know, a bunch of flowers yeah. and a, you know, look up, look up at the big screen, Andy. We've got some memories for you. And he went and had, uh, you know, double sort of hip surgery, a couple of metal hips, and he's still going around pushing himself to the absolute limits. And he, you know, he wants to go out on his own terms, which he has every right to do. And that's the great part about being a tennis player. No one's tapping you on the shoulder but yourself. And you know, he's hoping. For one last run. Look, he's a player, Alex. You don't want to play in the draw mm. because of what he's done, and he's still a smart tennis player, even though he's not covering the ground as well as he used to. So he's still annoying in the draw, but I, I can't see Andy, you know, having um, having a deep run. Just on a bigger issue, um, you mentioned Novak Djokovic there, and he's battling uh, what he has talked about a, a wrist injury and Thanasi Kokonakis has come out talking about uh, the balls that are being used in the Australian Open this year and in all the lead-up events as well. This has been something that's been rumbling around on tour. I remember Daniel Medvedev talking about it before the clay court season last year. Are, are we going to get to a point with tennis balls where they are standards across the globe or is that just not possible with all the, the commercial commitments and the sponsorship money that they can ring out of being ball suppliers for these these big, well, for the majors particularly? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, you know, obviously the Dunlop balls are copying a lot of criticism that they just fluff up too quickly, which means they then become uh, slower and you don't get, you know, that value um, off the ground uh, with the, you know, obviously when the balls are not getting fluffy, they, they zip through the air pretty quickly and you're getting maximum benefit on the serve and uh, off the ground. So, yeah, the Dunlops, uh, that is a manufacturing thing. But in terms of continuity of tennis ball, yeah, obviously every tournament has the right uh, to do their own uh, ball deal. And there needs probably a little bit of uniformity around that. So mm. this is an- another thing where, you know, the two governing bodies, the ATP and the WTA, trying to work in with the slams. 
are going to come together on. And they're, they're starting to come together more. That, that's the problem with tennis is seven governing bodies mm. all looking after their vested best interests and um, you know sometimes not the interests of the game. So, yeah, I think that'll be sorted out. Match scheduling is on the agenda as well. I think you know, mm. something came out yesterday that we're not going to be playing all, all hours anymore. You know, we're going to have strict rules in place for players and also spectators. Um, so there's a few changes certainly brewing this year in tennis. And just a, a, one more quick one to get you on is the Sunday start this year. First time we're seeing this at the Australian Open. You think that'll be a positive development for the tournament or, or did Grand, Grand Slam start on Monday for you? Oh, no, I, I love it. Uh, and I think it just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, w- when's the time that most people can come? It's a weekend. So yeah. add in an extra day. Uh, the French always start on a Sunday traditionally. Um, you know, I, I could see the US going that way, whether Wimbledon would budge. You know, they're so traditional. But it makes sense. You know, you want to get as many patrons to your event as possible. And, you know, start it on the weekend rather than start it on the weekday. Even though it's holiday time here, kids are on school holidays, you know, they're still going to get bumper crowds. But, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's terrific for the tournament. And, you know, all the Grand Slams probably should look the same in that regard. Yep, tend to agree with you there. Thank you so much for your time again tonight, BP. No, you'll be with us. Uh, for the entirety of the tournament, we'll be hearing you as well across the Channel 9 stations in the lead-up and across the length of the tournament. Make sure you get some rest in between all that. Enjoy Melbourne Park down there and uh, hopefully chat soon. Thanks again. Indeed. No, anytime. Thanks, Alex. We've got the draw ceremony tomorrow. So we've got a little bit more coming up about the Australian Open. Uh, we'll know a bit more by this time tomorrow. That's at 1 o'clock. we get the full 128 men and women's singles draws out. Um, looking forward to that, where Alex Demonor lands, having just cracked into the top 10 after his win over Novak Djokovic in the United Cup over in Perth last week. He's sitting on serve with Carlos Alcaraz at the moment, leading 40 Love. He's about to serve this out to go to 4-3 in the first set of his exhibition against Carlos Alcaraz. He's just done that. Jordan Thompson not having quite as much luck. He's already down a break. Trailing to love to Lorenzo Massetti. Back to the text line. If you want to get to me on any of the cricket issues that we've talked about today, we haven't talked about David Warner flying his uh, helicopter in to get from his brother's wedding to the Sydney Smash on Friday night yet. I definitely want to have a chat about that. Um, But let's get to the text board. Robert Barrow from Tamora Bancroft, not unlucky. He's the scapegoat for getting caught in South Africa. It's certainly a point of view that's out there, Rabbit Burrow, and one we're getting consistently on the text line. I tend not to agree. I, I take Andrew McDonald at his word um, when he talks about the form of the openers uh, and certainly the, the future potential that they have when you look at someone like Cameron Green. I'm a fan of getting them in and sticking with them until they um, are able to realise that potential. I think Cam Green showed us, showed us enough in his 20-odd tests that uh, there's a very good top six batsmen in there at some point. Steve from Dubbo, thank you. You're going all right, Alex. I'll stick with you till late. That's where we're, when we're on the air till tonight with Sports Day. Who do I follow in the NRL? Steve, I happen to know you're an Eels supporter, so you're not going to like my answer. I'm a Manly Seagulls fan and uh, a pessimistic one going into this season, I have to say. We need Tom Trebojevic fit. We need him firing. We need Luke Brooks to deliver on the potential that he showed early in his career as um, a 5'8 next to Daily Cherry Evans, we know what talent he has. Um, and we've got a talented young forward pack who are still learning the game a little bit. So I, th- I think we've got some promise there. But I 
can't see us making the top eight. Unless Tommy has a, another historic year, which I have to say I'm doubtful about. Um, I can't see it happening there. I'm more hopeful about your Parramatta Reels, to be honest. And that may be me just trying to put the kiss of death on them. But, hey, that's uh, my point of view. Cam sends this. Regarding Australian cricket, opening position, if Smith scores runs, we're going to be none the wiser, whether it, it, it's a good move or not, given it's an experience against the West Indies. On the other hand, probably a good opportunity to give Renshaw or Bancroft a crack and a chance to get established. Yeah, certainly take that as a point of view, Cam. That's uh, certainly a valid argument, particularly in terms of Renshaw. I, I, I don't know about Bancroft. I, I think he had a crack uh, when he was brought into the team after Sandpaper Gate, uh, certainly there was some pressure on him. Certainly the, the Sheffield Shield runs have been impressive since, and he actually averages higher than Matt Renshaw in that regard. I, I just think Renshaw, from his short stint, certainly at the top of the order, has showed us that he, he has the potential to open in Test cricket uh, for a longer period than maybe Cam, Cam Bancroft. That's just my opinion, though. 0457 736 736. Uh, Nick from Newcastle, does this mean Sheffield Shield is officially worthless and obsolete? I, I think that's going a bit far, Nick. I, I really do. Um, I think we're still seeing players being picked on form. Uh, Cam Green hasn't had the opportunity to make Shield runs so far this summer because he, he has been carrying drinks, whether that's been the right option of, of managing him by the Cricket Australia and the, the high-performance stuff around that is certainly open for debate, but uh, you can't judge a guy on on runs he hasn't had the opportunity to score. And the fact of the matter is he averages higher than any of his other competition to getting in the side over the course of his career in first-class cricket. So uh, I, I, I don't agree with that in terms of that argument that Sheffield Shield is worthless and obsolete in Nick's words. Uh, Bondi Jack sends this in. Add Renshaw's two first-class games mid-year, i.e. 140, 112, plus 78 for Australia A against New Zealand to his 484 this summer. He has an average of 54.3, far more than Bancroft at the same average last summer. Matty made 492 first-class runs at 70.3, far more prolific than Bancroft. Perceptions says Bondi Jack. So there's an interesting way to look at it in terms of the numbers as well and perhaps what the Cricket Australia were looking at when they've picked him to be the backup for this side. Um, Green was not dropped initially. He had a hamstring injury in England. Marsh came in, hit a century. I, I agree with that. Texter 829. Um, <laughs> and a little crack for here from Steve at Dubbo that we'll let Cohen get to after the break. Let's take one now. Uh, we'll have a... We'll hear from... Jacob Kiraz, after the break, he was chatting with Scott Sattler and Matt Rogers a little bit earlier in the year. Then we'll get back. We'll get Vastaddy with us to go through some of these texts and uh, take us towards the end of the show. We'll talk some football as well, because I have to. It's part of my contractual agreement. We'll talk some Tim Zoo. We'll talk some golf and a little bit more NRL as well. So stick with us on Sports Day, 0457 736 736. But Jacob Kiraz with Sats and Badge. Oh, Sats and Badge. I'm going back a bit there. Sats and Rat after the break. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment.
Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia, train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Now a chance, they're away again. Here's Carraz, he shows it. Go straight past Gutherson. It is all the Bulldogs. Jacob Carraz scores their third try of the day. He is one of the most exciting young outside backs we have in the National Rugby League at the moment. And I've got to say, Rat, mm. I think it's not too long until he wears a blue jersey one day. Mate, phenomenal. Absolutely. Love him. That man is Canary Bulldogs outside back. Jacob Carraz is on the line for Sports Day. How are you, Jacob? Yeah, I'm good, guys. How are you going? Now, we're talking to your media manager off air. What's his nickname? They said we just call him the Habib. What's the story there? Yeah, it's um, Habib's an Arabic word. It actually means... It means baby, but um, us celebs just say it as like brother. So we just say Habib all the time. So I've got all the boys in the club saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> nice, work. nice work. Now, we're going to talk about some of your teammates a little bit later on. But initially, we we're reading up a little bit about you today. And obviously, grew up playing in the Canterbury-Bankstown district, the Barella Bears. and But you ended up at the North Queensland Cowboys on a three-year contract. How did that all come about? Yeah, um, it came from SG Ball. I was playing SG for Dragons, and then um, I was doing pretty good, and then got scouted by Cowboys was one of the clubs, and it was um, Clinton Zammett. He came and picked me up, and then I thought it was the best opportunity for me, for my career to go there. And, yeah, um, I still would have been there if it wasn't for COVID. So, yeah. All right, so COVID opened the door for you to get back to yep. the Bulldogs. So, mate, well, when you were a kid, who was the team that you supported? Yeah, I was a Bulldogs fan, diehard. I used to go to all the games with my family. So, yeah, I was a diehard Bulldogs fan. Mate, um, I love watching you play. Uh, obviously, I was, I was an outside back. I was, I, was a bit of a, I was a bit smaller as a winger than you are. I, I, I met you down at the Bulldogs there a few weeks back. But, mate, what do yeah. you, you focus on in game, mate? Is it, is it about um, finishing or is it about, you know, chewing up those metres to give you forwards a break? Because, mate, you, you've got some – you're just one of the biggest metre eaters in the game. Yeah, um, yeah. Coming in this year, I, I wanted, I wanted to um, make my game about you know helping the forwards out, just telling them the front load in D, and I'll come in and just help them out. So I made sure I was fit in the preseason. I got my body right, and so yeah, so that's that was really my aim, just to you know keep the forwards just out of it. If I can come in and help them, and it'll help the team, I'll keep doing it. So yeah, that was like one of my goals in coming into the season. Mm. So, mate, who, do, you, do you model your game off anyone? Do, do you, do you, did you have an idol growing up that you said, I'm going to play like him? Or do you, do you look at the game now and go, I want to be like that player? Um, if growing up, I, I loved the way Josh Reynolds played with his like, passion and his heart. So he was one of my favourite players growing up, the way he played. as a, like He really played, played with his heart. Like If I'm being honest, he wasn't the most talented player, but because he played with his heart so much, it just inspired me. You know, just, If you just compete on everything, everything will just happen. And probably now these days, if I'm being honest, I've looked, I've watched lots of um, Brian Toto, the way he just runs the ball. I've just, yeah, I've been studying him, the way he defends as well. So yeah, so that's who I've been watching now these days. Hey Jacob, do you watch a lot of? We talk to a lot of NRL players, and some of them say, no, when I'm not playing, I don't watch one bit of rugby league. And I, I find that hard to believe when it's when it's actually yeah. when it's your passion, it's your job. It's, mm. Do you watch a lot of rugby league away from playing? Um, yeah, like. I don't watch every game, but I like to watch, you know, some of the top teams I like to watch. I like watching a bit of Penrith. Um, 
I do just for my game. I like doing lots of video on my game and how I can improve. So I watch those top teams, those players that I look up to and try and see what I can implement in my game. So, yeah, obviously I don't really, if I'm being honest, once I leave Belmore, I, I go home and talk to my family, don't speak about footy. I just want to like zone out and just relax. But when there's a game on, sometimes I think it's best for me just to see what I can learn and implement that in my game. Now, as a kid that grew up in the in the district playing in the juniors, what does it mean to a young man like yourself? You're only 21 years of age, not 22 till till the off season. What's it mean to run out of Belmore Belmore Oval in a game in front of a big crowd of your your local community? Yeah, it means the world. Um, I love that's why I love playing at Belmore. I think we should have more games in Belmore. But um, you know, running out, I've always came and watched all the um, boys when they used to play and. Now, you know, every time I think about it, it just it's still crazy to me. It still feels like, a, you know, it is a dream. Every day I wake up, I'm very grateful for this. So, yeah, it means the world to me and also my family. So, yeah. So, mate, how did you enjoy playing in the World Cup? Because you didn't play under Freddie, but you had a different type of coach, didn't you? Oh, Czech is the best. He's a great Czech guy, isn't he? The best. Yeah. Yeah, um, he didn't, you know, he doesn't really know much rugby league, but he was in the systems. He knew the simple, um, the simple stuff, but... Yeah, he was one of the best um, rev-up coaches. You know, he just made our team believe. So, yeah, he was actually really good. With yourself in that that World Cup when you were picked as a 17-year-old. So, the international laws say that you've got to be over 18. Is that correct? <laughs> but the Lebanon Rugby League laws say that you can be under 18 to play. So, that must have been a confusing time for you. Yeah, that was weird because I remember I got, yeah, I got picked in the test match and then I played and that was fine but then the world's nines I got picked and then I played one game but because it was under NRL rules um, they told me yeah well I played one game and then I was getting ready to play and then they said I wasn't allowed to play so it was very yeah it was very interesting and odd but uh, the rules are rules I don't know <laughs> no yeah mate well sometimes they, they hurt you sometimes they help you mate tell me what, are, you, what, are, your, what are your goals in rugby league what do you want to achieve uh, in the game yeah, um, obviously I got. If I'm being honest, I, I want to win a comp so bad. So obviously, you know, um, in the Bulldogs, it is going to take time, but that's my goal. I want to win a comp, and um, obviously, individual, individually, I do want to play Origin. Um, that's one of my goals, and yeah, I want to. I want to be the best player. If I'm being honest. Yeah, eventually. I think you're certainly on the way to that blue jumper, mate, yeah. the way you've been playing. Keep working hard. Keep mm. working hard. Now, you said you like watching a bit of rugby league. but So who's a player that obviously doesn't play for the doggies? Who's a player that yeah. makes you watch them? Is there a player currently in the NRL that you say, I've got to watch that game because I love watching that player? Yeah, um, Stephen Crichton. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. So what impresses you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, the way he defends, um, the way he defends is... I think he's one of the best defensive centers in the game. So the way he defends, um, I really try to watch that as an outside back. Yeah, I honestly, you know, all the little stuff that he does that no one sees, I like. So yeah, so it's good that he's coming in next year. Yeah, mate. Have you have you always <laughs> been a a winger, mate, or have you have, do you have aspirations to move into the centers or fullback? Is that is there aspirations for that down the track? Yeah, obviously down the track. Um, last year was my first year playing wing. I used to wow. be actually a 5'8 run fullback my whole career. So I played um, yeah, played fullback when I was younger. And then I played a bit of centre in SD ball and 5'8. And then, yeah, last year I, I debuted playing centre. And then um, they threw me on the wing and I did a pretty good job. And then they just yeah, have been here since. But obviously down the track, yeah, I do want to play. Um, I do want to get closer to the action. But right now my focus is on 
whatever's best for the team and I'll do anything. Yeah, I know the feeling, mate. I got thrown on the wing once too and I was all right at it and I got stuck there for eight years. <laughs> so yeah. I, I actually had to leave the codes to get off the wing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You'll be right, mate. You've, I think you'll get plenty of opportunity whether you want to play the way you're playing. Don't be one of those players like Matty Rogers was <laughs> when he'd walk into coach's office every week and say, Coach, I'm better than this. I'm a 5'8". I'm a 5'8 yeah, coach. No, no, don't no, get I into don't that. I just go do my job. Nice one, mate. Good, okay. good lad. Jacob, this is where we get to this is where we get to you know, find out how much of a character you are, okay? So we won't let your personality yeah. out and we're gonna throw a couple of your teammates under the bus here. And I want it, I have I've known Max King ever since he was a kid. So I want Max King to be one of these people involved well, in these questions. Yeah, we okay? need the truth. We okay. need the truth. And nothing but the truth. Okay. So yeah. If you got two tickets to any event around the world, any sporting event, let's let's say it's Super Bowl, for example, you've got one yeah. ticket and you can only travel with another teammate. Who's that other teammate and why? Um, I reckon probably Josh Reynolds. Yeah, right. I reckon Grub. Yeah. <laughs> Grub. Good I travel companion. I reckon it would be mad going over to see you. He'd bite someone's ear off if yeah. they tried to pickpocket you or something. Hey, um, okay, yeah, is there a teammate that you want to mute just you want to turn them off for twenty four hours and not hear from them at all? Yeah. Or is it just a pest? Probably Foxy Fox. Oh, <laughs> yeah. let's trot that. Oh, yeah. That's a that's an easy one in the team. Still look at the boys they agree. <laughs> okay, who's the uh, who's the teammate Jacob that you could put on stage as a comedian and he could keep the crowd entertained with his jokes and his humour? No, no. Oh, Foxy, probably Foxy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever he says comes out. He's laugh funny. Whatever he says comes out of his mouth is funny. You know what? I, I reckon the Foxy's going to be the answer to the next question as well. Yeah, right. Okay, you're at the Belmore Leagues Club. You just had a massive win against the Penrith Panthers. You've beaten them by thirty. Yeah. It's a Friday night. The coaches said, "Have the next three days off." So you go. Let's go. Let's go to the club, and you're all on the dance floor. Who's the player yeah. that everyone just stops and watches and goes, "That guy can dance." Oh, no, New Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, New Brown. Oh, I, see, I, saw, I saw a clip of him the He other did day. that. That's very that dance, yeah. 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 He's insane. Yeah, that, yeah, him. He shocked a couple of boys. Yeah, nice. Okay, last question, Jacob. It's been great having you on. What was Jacob Carraz's welcome to first grade moment? And what I mean by that, was it running out in front of your family? Was it someone that smashed you in the first tackle? Or what was it? Um, I, I, It's probably my first tackle. And then I realized my first tackle was, um, Payne Huss to kick off. That's all I remember. That was probably my welcome. To, yeah, that was like yeah. I remember I was next to Josh um, Jacko, Josh Jackson, and he was jeeing me up like we're gonna get, let's go, let's get him. And I'm like, wow, it's like Payne Huss. And that was probably my first, you know, that's it. You're in NRL. Yeah. He's done that to plenty of others yeah, as well. Yeah, hey, nice. Jacob, everyone is enjoying watching you play uh, NRL at the moment. You're only very young, but I think you're gonna have many, many years impressing and uh, and making us. Uh, just love the way that you go about your business. So yeah. thanks very much for joining us on Sports Day, Jacob. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day. Alex Molchanoff with you for the rest of this evening. Only 20 minutes or so to go. 
uh, of the show tonight. You'll hear Sats and Rat back over the next couple of weeks. Sats returning next week. And then Matty Rogers back the week after. I'm going to bring in Vastaddy now because he's got a little bit uh, more detail on their whereabouts, what they've been up to over their holidays. Welcome back, Cohen. G'day, mate. Um, but the first thing I'm going to throw at you is this text from Steve. I think everyone should lay off Vasso. It's confirmed by his actions that he neither cares nor supports the Broncos. We should all just accept it and move on. Now, uh, I've just right of reply. Mate, right of reply. I've got to clear a few things up here because our dead set was a Broncos member for 10 years. I went to every home game there was. Okay. We used, we mm. used to drive up on a Friday. I remember in the traffic. Uh, get me. And we had, we had, like, it was great. It was great atmosphere. And we, obviously, you see the same people at each home game. Yep. I loved it. And then, you know, you grow up and things change a little bit. And, yeah, I used to go with mum, so it was good. Life gets in the way, doesn't it? Mate, it does. Life gets in. And Every I can't imagine that drive up the M1. That sounds like hell at the best of times. And on a Friday night, particularly, when I'm sure you weren't the only group doing that drive up to Suncorp Stadium for for the Broncos game. Look, I've got empathy. I think you'll find less and less on the text line. And now I named it at me. I'm going to bring it back to me. Once upon a time, Steve says, Mulchie, you would have received a nasty and very personal tirade of abuse, but not these days. I feel sorry for Manly. Well, that's, that's almost worse. Wow. All my time, energy, and hate these days is directed at them grubby, putrid Panthers. And they should be your rivals, in all honesty, Steve, that's the, the Battle of the West down here in Sydney. Um, they're the successful cousin. They've equaled the three in a row from the 80s. Yeah, the Eels have every right to um, sort of throw down with the Panthers and Panthers fans in general. So right behind that sentiment. Now, a couple more. The honest used car salesman, John, you must admit it's a slap in the face for opening batsmen like Bancroft is back to the opening argument with the news that Steve Smith will open the batting alongside Usman Khawaja in the first test against the West Indies next week with Cam Green coming back into the side batting at second drop in the number four slots. It's a slap in the face for opening batsmen like Bancroft, Renshaw, Harris or some other rookie. To pick Steve Smith at opener in front of these players and not looking to the future, especially against a weakened West Indies side, I'm flabbergasted. Well, John, I'll answer this part before I get to the second part of your test because I, I agree with the second part. I disagree with this part. One, yes, of course, it's a slap in the face. So I'll go back on myself slightly there. It, it is a slap in the face. Of course it is. Any batsman that's been scoring runs at state level who thinks they should be in the Australian side, of course, it's a slap in the face. Less so for Renshaw because he's been picked at the backup and it's looking as though he's being uh, ready to take over when the next batsman inevitably drops. Um, I, I have to disagree about Steve Smith because I think if we can get him even back to a fraction of his best, where he was at one point in his career averaging near 60, it was the highest average we've seen in test cricket since Bradman. That player is still in there or, or, or some version of him. Maybe not the at, at the, the peak of his powers as he was uh, five years ago, four or five years ago. After the Sandpaper Saga, I would say was peak Steve, Steve Smith, that Ashes series over in England before the summer back here. Um, but if this move up the order can trigger something in him that gets him back to even a fraction of that form, because he hasn't been that player in the last 12 months, I'm right behind that option. Um, another thing, the mighty Manly Seagulls will be playing finals footy in 24. Gee, I hope, I hope you're right, John. 
I, I, I would be so delighted to be proved wrong about Manly's prospects this season. We'll both be behind them, I'm sure. Uh, we have that in common at least. Now, this from George in Minto. I've also heard from Tigertown in months to come. If Bateman and Clemmer don't have improved seasons in 24, Richo and Benji will punt them. Maybe before the season's over. Well, that's the mail that George at Minto is getting. Clemmer's Certainly, there's there's a lot there's a lot there, isn't there, Cohen? There's a you know, yeah, Tigers have got some improving around. to do. He's he, been shopped around already. Is that yeah, the report? Yeah, he's been shopped around already um, mm. to a few rival clubs. So he's getting on, but he I think he's only 28 still. So he's he's deceptively young, mm, isn't he, Dave yeah. Clemmer? He seems like he's been around a while. Um, we obviously know him well from being in the in the blue jersey of New South Wales a few years back. Uh, Tigers were hoping he could recapture some of that form. Um, hopefully his omen isn't what follows with, with Steve Smith down the line at some stage. Now, I'm on the air, so it's um, contractually obliged that we've got to talk some football, and the Asian Cup is kicking off over the weekend. Qatar uh, get the tournament underway against Lebanon on Friday night, Saturday morning, our time, 3.30 a.m. kickoff. That one's not too convenient, but the Aussies get their campaign underway the night after, Saturday at 10.30. That game will be available on Channel 10. Uh, Captain Matt Ryan is in doubt after fracturing his cheekbone in the gym with his club side AZ Alkmaar late last year. Uh, he's been a race against time. Joe Gauci started the game against Bahrain, which the Aussies got up 2-0 in, which was a good sign ahead of the tournament. But here is Coach Graham Arnold, who's not sounding overly confident about the availability of his skipper for that opening match against India on Saturday. It'll, it'll be touch and go, but, uh, yeah, he's um, he's training fully, and you know, it's great to have him here, uh, obviously. Yeah, of course it is. Captain uh, was so crucial that the last Asian Cup saved a big penalty to get the Aussies through to the quarterfinals before we were knocked out. And we're going to need similar heroics. Joe Gauchi's a, a, a more than capable backup. Um, the group stage fixtures for the Socceroos, India on Saturday, as I just mentioned, then they take on Syria next Thursday at 10.30, all 10.30 kickoffs in the group stages. And then Uzbekistan on Tuesday, the 23rd, will be the toughest of the matchups. <laughs> From a fan's point of view, which is what I am, I'm expecting Australia to get comfortably through the group stages, particularly as the two best um, fourth-place sides, or the four best fourth-place sides, I should mention, uh, qualify as well, uh, third-place sides qualify as well for the knockout stage. So the Socceroos, I'd expect to top our group. Then the challenges will come after that. The quarterfinals, we're slated to meet Saudi Arabia if they win their group as well, and then Japan would be our most likely opponents in the semi-final. So a bit of work for us to do there. We're third favourites with the bookies behind South Korea and Japan. I tend to agree with that sort of order of betting. Um, Japan certainly with their star-studded sides um, featuring so many players from the English Premier League, not least Karim Matoma, who's having a fantastic year at Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, and South Korea have Son Hong Min. Ange Postacoglu's captain at Tottenham Hotspur. So going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Just a quick date from the tennis because Alex Demonor has taken the first set against Carlos Alcaraz. Broke late in the first to take it 6-4 and he's got a break early in the second as well to lead it 3-love over the Spanish uh, champion. Once world number one already in his young career. But Alex continuing the high level of tennis that he's played so far in this Australian summer, hoping we can 
see him take it into next week for the main draw as he starts to having to defeat these big players over five sets as well. Down in Adelaide, Jordan Thompson's in action against Lorenzo Massetti of Italy. And Massetti's poised to take this one. Thompson is down a break at 5-3. Darius Saville is the final big-name Aussie in action up in Hobart. We'll just get a score for her very quickly. Um, but, Cohen, can you fill us in just quickly before we go to the break and I get this Dasher score up? What's going on with this Tim Zhu uh, news? So he's set to be among the first fighters to appear on a new hyped American streaming service, Amazon. Is this behind a, a big-name promoter or is this going to be a bit of a disruptor in the world of boxing? It's like a, it's going to be like a, a live documentary. Right. Um, yeah, so Amazon are going to be um, hosting it. Uh, but, oh, yeah, I, I read a bit about it today, but it's 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 a bit hard to understand. But I think they'll be filming, obviously, live on the go. Um, yeah. And there'll be episodes kind of going up around that. But um, No Limit, uh, Zoo's, um, what do you call it? Promoters. Promoters. They yep. were hopeful that... Um, his, his first bout under this new show was going to be the same weekend as the NRL launch, but I uh, don't think it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, But he is going to be pay-per-view over there for this slated fight against Ortiz. Is that right? Yes. yes. Which so is a massive coup. No one's done mm. that since his father, am I right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so huge things to come and he'll um, he'll become a, a name in, in every uh, American household, I'd, I'd assume. If, if he's not already. If he's, if not, he's already, not already, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. You see the zoo name coming through and you think exciting things in Australian boxing and certainly Kostya was a brand that Americans wanted a big part of in his heyday. Let's hope that Tim can follow in his footsteps and eventually become more than a paper world champion, which is what he's been labelled at the moment. We, of course, see him differently, but uh, to win a fight for a, a world championship belt, um, to nick it off one of those big American names over there, on their turf would be fantastic. We're going to take the final break of this Sports Day program on Wednesday, the 10th of January. We'll be back to wrap it all up. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. We'll be back in a moment. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. World Gym Australia. Train for the sport you play. Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day, Wednesday the 10th of January. Just wrapping up the show, we've got a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat, be alert and prepared this bushfire season. It is getting warmer um, particularly down here in New South Wales. There's a large grass fire burning along the Gap Road in Gillenbar, north of West Wagga Wagga. If you're in the area, please stay inside and avoid non-essential travel. No doubt we'll be getting a few more reports like that over the course of the summer. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with New South Wales Rural Fire Service. Visit rfs.nsw.gov.au. This community update thanks to the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. Thanks to Jason Matthews, who got us kicked up, uh, kicked off tonight. Michael Kasprovitz, all your texts as well. Can't get to all of them to finish the show, but we have read them and do appreciate them. Thanks to Cohen Vass, Daddy Vass, guiding us through the show. And just to finish, quick shout-out to the Australian Oldie Roos, one of the great footballing nicknames, won third spot in the over-70 Soccer World Cup in Thailand. So congratulations to them. I'll leave you with that tonight. 
Dice back tomorrow. Hope to hear you, hear from you then. Good night. <laughs>